Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, uh, don't sit down. You guys are dead as a doornail. So you know what happens when you're dead as a doornail at Real Church? Please go ahead and welcome those around you. Go ahead. That's your punishment. Go ahead. (coughs) Everyone, Leah's down here. Leah loves doing this. She's down here. All right. All right. All right, that's enough. Y'all are making it awkward. You're making it awkward. All right, that's enough. All right, that's enough. No, that's enough. That's enough. Don't make it awkward. Don't make it awkward. I don't know if I'm going to get this side over here to even listen. All right. Okay. Guys, listen. That's your punishment whenever you're dead as a doornail during worship. We don't usually, for those that are visiting, we never do that. Unless everyone has to be checked for a pulse during worship. And then we have you greet everyone. So now you're up and you're happy and everything's good. So everybody doing good? Everybody? Good, 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 good. Listen, we're in Luke chapter 12. Go ahead and turn your Bible to Luke chapter 12. I want to tell you a little bit about the series that we're going through. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're new here, we go through a series. Usually we go through a book, but this year we're going through the parables. And we're doing 38 different parables. We're going to take it all the way to November. Uh, and we're going somewhat in chronological order. So the parables are coming in chronological order. So... That's what we're doing, and uh, the scriptures, if you don't have your Bibles with you today, the scriptures will be on the back uh, on the screen as we read through it. But we've been going through the parables, and this is the fifth week of us going through the parables. So, sorry, I do have a little bit of a cold, so I'm fighting it, but it's fine. Um, I've been fighting it for about a week, which is all right. So, what is a parable? Well, a parable, the word parable literally means... Something thrown alongside in order to understand the teaching better. That's what it is. A parable is something thrown alongside to explain the teaching in a better way. We know that Jesus was a master teacher. He was a master teacher. In John 7, it says that no one, they said, man, no one has never taught like this. No one has never taught with this much power. We know as a little kid, we can see him in Luke chapter 2. And in Luke chapter 2, we see that in the temple, he was teaching in a powerful way. He was. And so we want to go through these parables and we want to take a look at the parables and see exactly what he's trying to teach us. Now we start in Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12. So I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm actually going to explain to you what's going on. And then we're going to... We're going to, uh, um, I'm going to explain to you what's going on, and then we're going to uh, read the parable. So here's what's going on. 
So Jesus is in the middle of a very difficult teaching to the people that are following him. As a matter of fact, he is teaching, he's teaching about, about being, being, worrying about yourself. He's teaching about trials in the synagogue. He's teaching about how they are going to have to go through trials and tribulations as a follower of him. He's teaching about that. He's saying, listen, I want you to understand I will take care of you. Matter of fact, if you look at verse 11, it says, and when, he, and when you're brought to trial in the synagogues and before for the rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself. He's teaching these very difficult things. And right in the middle, right in the middle of his teaching about these things and how they should not fear, some guy yells out, hey, Tell my brother to give me my inheritance from my father's estate. Now, let me say something to you. And this is true for us in life. Oftentimes, when God is trying to teach you something, the enemy will throw in a distraction to try to get you off course and get you not to listen to what God is trying to say to you. For me, when I'm in prayer time, I have no idea why this happens. When I'm in prayer time, my phone may not have went off for six months. But if I start praying, ding, ding, it's going to sound like a slot machine. It really is. It's going to ring. It's going to go off, whatever. For you, it may be something else. But oftentimes, distractions will come in the midst of God. Because listen, the enemy doesn't want you to hear what God is trying to say to you. He doesn't. And he wants you to get distracted. He does. And that's exactly what's going on here. This guy yells out and he says, hey, I know about all that, but listen to what I'm trying to ask you. Tell my brother to do this. And then Jesus tells him, he says, hey, look, uh, I don't know why you think I'm the judge of that. That's between you and him. And then Jesus, being Jesus, says, but here's a parable. And he goes on to tell the parable. And then directly after the parable, we're not reading this part, but directly after the parable, he starts telling about money and possessions and those kind of things. And it's amazing. He uses the, he uses the interruption to deepen the teaching of what he had already started teaching. Now, the way it would work back then is that the oldest brother would get two-thirds of the estate, and then he would divvy out the rest. That's how it would, that's how it would work. He would get anywhere between half to two-thirds, and then he would divvy out the rest. The one-third would be divvied out. And so this guy was like, hey, and you know, if you think about it, if you heard, you know, father's estate, I want my port, you, you, hear, you, you hear what I hear, and that's the prodigal son story that we looked at in John. You can hear the prodigal son being there. And we're going to get to the prodigal son at some point. Let's read the text. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such thing as that? And then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of evil. If you do not have your, if you write in your Bible, 
And if you write a note, you need to write a note on this next line. Life is not measured by how much you own. I want you to hear that again. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Lord God, we do ask you to teach us now in the only the way you can do in Jesus name. Amen. What can we learn from this text? Well, listen, it's pretty obvious. The first thing I want to tell you is, is this. Everything without God equals nothing. I want to say that again. Everything without God equals nothing. We just read in 21, it says a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. I want to tell you a little secret. I have been at the bedside of several people that were passing away. All right. I want to tell you what's never happened before. What's never happened before. Now, this may actually happen with my wife, but it's never happened before. And it's this. They draw me close and I say yes. And they say, can you run down to DSW and get me those boots? That's never happened before. I've never had a man who's who's laying dying saying, Hey, Pastor, there's a sale on those pellet grills down at Academy. Can you run down and get me one of those? I've never had anyone say, Hey, Pastor, I know I'm getting ready to pass away, but can you run down to that car dealership? Because that new F-150 came out, and I am here for it. (laughs) Guess what, guys? It's never happened before. It's never happened before. Never, ever, ever. It's never happened before. Do you know what people want to talk about whenever they know they're passing away? You know what they want to talk about? They want to talk about their family, and they want to talk about God. Because that's the two most important things in their life. That's what they want to talk about. Ecclesiastes 1, verses 1 through 6 says this, and it should be up here on the text. It says, these are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. And man, listen, he does not pull any punches. He jumps right in. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Everything. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come. And generations go, but the earth never 
changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. And the wind blows south and then turns north. And around around it goes, blowing in circles. Everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless is what it says. Everything. Completely, completely meaningless. I want to ask you a question. And I want you to really think about this for a second. Have you ever considered this fact that without God, think about this, without God and without Christ, life is completely meaningless. It's completely meaningless. Like without God, what is life about? Getting ahead, doing the best you can do so that you can rot in the ground? What's life about? Think about that. I want, to, I want you to think on a little deeper level today. What is life about if God is not in the center of it? What is it for? And what's it about? Can I tell you what it's for and about? It's meaningless. At the end of that book in Ecclesiastes, here's what it says in, in chapter, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. It says, well, and he says meaningless a thousand times in the book. Well, that's the whole story. Here's my final conclusion. Here's what he was saying. He said, I have been all over the world. I have had the best of the best. I have seen the best of the best. I have owned the best of the best. Dude did have 700 wives, which I would strongly suggest was not the best of the best. <coughs> but he did. He says he did. He says, here's, here's what it all boils down to. Life does. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Good night. And that's it. That's it. Everything without God equals nothing. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, and I want you to think about this for a second. How many of your relatives do you know from 100 years ago? How many of your relatives do you know from 150 years ago? Unless you're on Ancestry.com, unless you're doing that, how many do you know? Unless you're doing 23andMe and you go all the way, how many do you know? How many do you know? How many people are going to know what you drove 100 years from now? How many people are going to know what you wore 100 years from now? How many people are going to know who you were and what kind of personality you had 100 years from now? How many people are going to know the house you lived in 100 years from now? How many people are going to know that decision you made to buy the truck 100 years from now? How many people are going to know how much money you had 100 years from now? Can I tell you the answer is zero? It's zero. Guess what will be remembered 100 years from now? That which is eternal. That will be remembered 100 years from now. You see, February 18, 1990, I decided that my family tree was going to look different than it looked at that time. I decided that alcoholism was going to stop in my family tree. And guess who it was going to stop with? 
me. I decided that anger issues was going to stop. And guess who it was going to stop with? Me. In all transparency, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I decided that the lack of education that was in my family tree before me was going to stop. And guess who it was going to stop with? It was going to stop with me. And from now on, I decided that my family tree was going to be a family tree of givers. It was going to be a family tree of people who had compassion. It was going to be a family tree of people that were helpers. It was going to be a family tree of people that thought of others before themselves. And most importantly, it was going to be a family tree where God himself was going to be in the center. And I would raise my children that that would be the case. And they would develop relationships and then they would raise their children and then they would raise their children and then they would raise their children. And so that at some point they could look back in history and say the alcoholism stopped here. The, the anger stopped here. Following Christ started here. Honoring God started here. And this is where it all took a turn. That is what will be remembered and I personally want to celebrate with the people five, six generations from now. I want to celebrate with them in heaven when God calls us all home. And I want them to be the ones that come up and say, are you my great, great granddaddy? Listen, I hope I have grandkids because right now I got a grand snake. I got a snake. That's, my, that's the grandkids I got. <laughs> I got a grand snake. He's a bald python. My daughter's psycho. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, sweetie, can we not do a kid here? Please? Please? Can we not do a kid? She goes, you got a grand snake? So, yeah. She was excited about it. She was like, look, you have a new... She called me, I'm so excited to tell you something. I was like, Pregos, here we go. Nope. Grand snake. That's what she has. And she sends me pictures like I'm like going to put it on the mantle. I'm like, no. <laughs> Truth is, if I saw my grand snake in my house, I'd cut its head off and throw it in the trash. How about that? How about that? I don't like snakes. But let me say something to you. That is what is remembered. Not how much money we had. Not, none of that. None of that matters. None of that matters. There's a house, when I, when I drive down Gordon Road, there's a house. You guys may know where it is. It's at, it's at uh, 54 in Gordon Road. It's a beautiful white home right there. And I don't know the history of it. Some people may, but I don't. It's a beautiful white home, and you can tell it was a estate-type place. It was incredibly beautiful. It was incredible. And now it's fallen to pieces, and no one wants to buy it. It's been for sale for years. No one wants to buy it. And the reason no one wants to buy it is is because it's fallen to pieces. And that thing was so important to someone at some point, and they spent all their time and effort and all their money and all their everything putting into that, and now it's just falling to pieces. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but the truth of the matter is, is that what matters is what matters. And without God, everything, everything without God equals nothing. It's just true. So why? Why does everything without God equal nothing? Well, because listen, we're blessed to be a blessing. I want you to hear that. We're blessed to be a blessing. 
This, think about this for a second. The guy in the parable, you, go, you know what the guy in the parable never thought about doing? He said, oh my goodness, I've got all these crops and I've got this medium-sized barn over here. He may have had a large-sized barn and one extra large. I've got this barn over here. I don't have enough room for all these crops. The blessing that's been poured down on me, I don't have enough room for it. So what I need to do is, is I need to tear down this and build something even larger so that I have enough room for the blessing. He never considered that the blessing was so that he could take his portion and give out the rest to other people. We are blessed to be a blessing. There's a scripture that I told you to underline. There's a huge difference in how people measure life and how God measures life. There's a huge, huge difference. You know that people measure life by stuff? But 21 says that God measures life by the richness of the relationship that we have with him. That's how he measures life. Mark 8.36, I know you've heard this. It says this, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? We went to the Biltmore over Christmas. It was beautiful. It was, it was overwhelmingly beautiful, I'll say. Uh, it was incredible. It was this incredible home. We went through all the history. I'm, an, I'm a history nerd, so I read all the little placards and I read everything. And it was an incredible thing. But do you know what happened after the Biltmore, after he built the Biltmore and the guy died a little earlier than he should have and then his daughter wanted nothing to do with it and so she left the Biltmore? Do you know that she didn't want anything to do with it? And she left. They wanted her to take up the mantle and go and they, she didn't want nothing to do with it. And eventually a lot of the money just kind of faded away. And it is back in the hands of, the, of, of, of that family line. But still, they just squandered it all away. They squandered it all away. And the truth of the matter is, is if the Biltmore wasn't there, that, that the, the relic of, of old, if it wasn't there, no one would, they would read a history book, a line in the history book about who it was, about the Vanderbilts, but no one would even like, okay, Cool. By the way, the Biltmore is way overpriced. <laughs> Let me just say that. All right. I was asked to go to the Biltmore, and I was like, cool, let's go. I'm thinking 30 or 40. No, man, they're serious about them tickets. A lot more serious than I was. All right. I can see how they keep it up. I felt like I provided part of the lighting, to be honest with you, that day. He never... He never considered, the man never considered that God may have provided this for him so that they can be a blessing to someone else. God blesses us to be a blessing. This last point is going to be a little longer and I want to go over it with you because I want to be particular about it. And I've talked to you a little bit about this before. But I'm going to be very transparent with you. Some of us today have what I call stuffitis. We have stuffitis. What's stuffitis? Well, let me give you some symptoms of stuffitis. Stuffitis is always looking for that next thing. It is. It's always looking for that next thing. Man, I got a Jeep and I love my Jeep and 
It's got, it's got bells and whistles on it. And it's got, you know, it's got the little, look, I didn't have one. I've never had a vehicle with heated seats or a heated steering wheel. And I was like, do I really need a heated seat or heated steering wheel? And then I experienced it and I was like, well, actually, yes, I do. I do need that. I need that in my life from now until I pass. Um, anyway, I never knew how cold my hands were until I got a heated steering wheel. And I'm like, wow, I've been frigid for 50 years. <clears throat> but I got that. And I got these bells and whistles. No doggone people at Jeep came out with a new version. And it's got this big old screen and it's got all these things on it, leather seats and power seats. For those that don't know, 2024 was the first time Jeep had powered seats. How about that? And I want those powered seats. I need those powered seats. Listen, you guys, Stephitis is always looking for the next thing. I don't really want the powered seats. I don't care about that. It's that screen. Are you with me? It's that screen. We always think, you know, if I get this or if I get that, then I'll be happy. We do. You know how I know this is true? Because I had kids. And when you have kid... You can, I remember we gave my daughter this phone. It was a pink razor phone. And back then they wanted a mint for that phone about the cost of admission to the Biltmore is what they were asking for it. <laughs> all right. And we spent all kinds of money on that phone. It was a pink razor. It was a flip phone. Everybody had them. And she had that phone for about two years. And she came in one day and she was like, Dad, all these kids at school are getting the touchscreen phones. And I'm like, well, honey, you go to Northgate, they got more money than I do. So they're all a bunch of pilots and uppity people. So we should not be going to Northgate. We should be going, I don't know, somewhere else. I'm a preacher, sweetie. I can't do that. In all seriousness, she goes, I really, I really like this touchscreen. And I was like, well, I really like it too. Uh, I may get me one. <laughs> but literally... She wanted one and wanted one and wanted one. And we have a rule in our house that we try to keep phones for about four or five years. We don't do the every other year thing. We don't do that. But that's how it happens, you guys. You go in and you, and you find something and then they come out with something else and it never ends. It's a never ending cycle. Think about this for a second. The house that you live in is the unbelievable, out-of-this-world prayer request for someone else that you don't even know. The car that you drive, someone is praying right now that God will provide something exactly like you have. The job that you have, someone is praying that, you, that they get a job exactly like you have. And yet we're constantly looking. It's called stuffitis. Stuffitis also brings about wary. It does. You look at the rest of the text, and we're not going to read this much, but you look at the rest of the text, and right after Jesus said this, he says, then turning to his disciples, here's what he said. He said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest food in their barns. For God feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than the birds. And it goes on to say, 
can God not do this? Can God not do that? Stuff I just brings about worry. And here's why it brings about worry. It brings about worry because what we do is, is we look at what someone else has. Be it a house, be it a car, be it whatever. We look at what someone else has or we look at what we want. And what we end up doing is, is we end up extending ourselves financially past what we know. We extend ourselves past the provision that God has given us. And so when we do that, we don't realize it at the time, but when we sign that note and when we sign for that payment, what ends up happening is, is that we extend ourselves so that because there's only so much. So you have to cut other things out. Are you with me? And then my dad would say, there's too much month at the end of the money. Are you with me? Did y'all feel like that it was January 55th? Did anybody feel like January was four months? I did. I felt like January was four months. I'm like, it's only January 20th. I feel like I've been in January for five months. But listen, there's too much month at the end of the money. And when you do that, that brings about stress. Guess what? One of the number one issues in marriage is money. It is. Number one issue in marriage is money. One of the things we do here, if I do a wedding or I do premarital counseling with a couple, we always give them a, a free one year of a financial, it's called financial peace. We give them a free year of the budgeting app. We give them all the tools, all everything, because I know that one of the most important things to be on the same page about is money. But stuff I just brings about, brings about that. We're like, oh man, you know, and I, I don't know how some of these people on Facebook <coughs> afford to go to Disney every five minutes. I don't know how y'all afford that. Good for you though, um, unless you're like stretching yourself because look, I've been to Disney a couple times in my life and I felt like, I, I was like, do I need to serve the ice cream? Because I can't afford any of this. It's like way off the chain. You know, I think the Disney business people are the same ones that does the Biltmore because they're all proud of everything. Are you with me? Over some Mickey ears. But that's what stuffitis does. Stuffitis will bring about worry because you overextend and then you start worrying. You don't think about it. What we think is, is that everything is always going to be exactly the same way it always is. And we don't think about how life interjects. And so oftentimes what you'll do is, is you'll overextend yourself. Life will come in and happen because life is going to happen. Life will happen. You won't have enough. And then you know what you'll do? God, why don't you provide enough for me? God's like, bro, I did. I provided exactly what I wanted you to have. And you went outside that bounds. And now you're worried and stressed and you're asking me to help you with the worry and stress. When the reality is the devil may be attacking you, but you gave him the arrows. Are you with me? Stephitis exchanges the wise for the temporary. Everyone in our society these days has to have it now. I want it right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Friday, there was a, a set of, of goggle things that came out from Apple. If any of you people buy one of those goggle things, please go to another church. <laughs> there, do you already know that sat yesterday there's already reported there was a guy that got pulled over because this clown was wearing those goggles because you can see through them. He was wearing these goggles driving, trying to do his work. Listen, you can't fix stupid, you guys. Literally. You know what I mean? He got pulled over. Those things are almost $4,000. And, we, and, and you have to walk around with a, there's some guys right now going, dang it, I was going to get one of those. But there's, 
<clears throat> there's, 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 and you have this cord coming out of the back of your head going into your pocket. I'm like, for four grand, man, it better do the dishes and park the car. And maybe I can put it on the floor and it vacuums everything. But those, those goggles, they, they, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. I want it now. I want everything right now. I want everything right now. The wisdom is in the waiting and the earning. Are you with me? The wisdom is in the waiting and the earning. So what's God's plan for stuffitis? Well, I'm glad you asked. God isn't opposed to you having stuff as long as he's the owner. As long as he's the owner, he, does, he don't care if you're having stuff. It's all his. It's all his. And I know I talk about the tornado often, but I'll tell you this. You want to you learn what is his and what's yours? Go through a tornado. Nothing matters to Wendy and I anymore as far as stuff goes. We should care less. Now listen, we're going to take care of our stuff. We're going to be good stewards of what God's given us. I'm going to try to keep my car clean, unlike some of you. I'm going to, uh, what? I've ridden in y'all's cars. One, there's somebody in here I've ridden in your car, and I was like, I haven't had all my shots yet. I may sit in the back. All right? I promise you, it was not Brandon Hobby, but it may have been. It, and when I rode with him, he drove like a maniac. And I was like, not only am I worried about getting some disease, I'm also going to worry about my health as far as death goes. So, and we were just running down to Quick Trip. Anyway, I love you, bro. I love you. His car's different now. It's not. I've seen it. It's not. It's not. Anyway, uh, as long as it's his, it doesn't matter. The house you have, it's his. It is. It's his. The car you have, it's his. And you're like, no, man, you don't understand. I worked hard for that. You know why you worked hard for it? You worked hard for it because he gave you the health to be able to work hard for it. You worked hard for it because he set you up in a situation where you could get an education to do, and get the job. That's why. Guys, listen, when it all comes down to it, everything you have and everything you are is because God has allowed it, period, period. And if you have an attitude of gratitude, that will help. That will help you in your life. God wants us to get into alignment with Him. He does. Do you know what's better than getting stuff? Do you know what, do you know what the highlight of my whole year is going to be? You know what it's going to be? It's going to be next Tuesday. It's this coming Tuesday. Do you know what Tuesday is? I'm assuming Tennessee is going to lose a few games before the national championship next year, so let me just put that out there. But as of right now, the highlight's going to be next Tuesday, Tuesday uh, the 6th at 1030. You know what's going to happen at Tuesday at 6 at 1030? I-58's going to pull up out in the front, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to come get 104 pair of shoes that you and I provided for the kids of I-58. And next Saturday, the, those kids are going to be wearing those shoes that you went out and you bought and we bought. That's what's going to happen next, next Tuesday. They're going to come get it. You know what's better than getting stuff? It's giving stuff. Giving stuff is better than getting stuff. I've asked you this question before, but if you had 30 days to live, how would you spend it? If you knew in 30 days you weren't going to be here, how would you spend it? I don't know. I can tell you I wouldn't be worried about stuff. I wouldn't be worried about stuff. The final part of God's plan for stuffitis is this. Not only does he want you to 
have everything, but he also wants you to get into alignment. And finally, he wants you to know that he is the provision. He is our provision. I had someone tell me one time, they were like, you know, if you're constantly trying to grab for things, if you're trying to grab for things, we used to have to do this. You guys know when we first started, we had our first, I'll never forget this, we had our first potluck. You know, we figured, hey, we're a plant church. We've only been here like three months. We need to have a potluck, right? And now what people do, churches, that's what we did. We did. And we brought in roughly about four truckloads of chicken tenders. All right? It was weighing down the table. It was so heavy. And like idiots, we let all the teenage boys go through first. And there was one adult who was the sound guy. Not, he's not here anymore, but he was, we'll talk about him. He was the sound guy. And the rest of the teenage boys. And can I tell you what? They tore up those chicken tenders like it was a famine. They grabbed for everything. And Lynn and I always tried to go last. And so, Lynn, I think we had water and a cracker. I mean, it was like, I'm like, bro, you want to go out to lunch afterwards? Because no one got any other food because those teenage boys ran through. And so then, in all the wisdom of our wives, they said, hey, guys, next time the teenagers go last. And I said, very, very smart. And so that's what we did from now on. And that's what we'll do today if we have something. They're grabbing for things because they hadn't learned this. When you grab for things all the time, you know what sometimes you'll do? You'll grab for something and you'll knock it away. And it's further away from you than it was before. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you this. You don't have to grab for anything. You don't have to look out. You don't have to fight for. You don't have to do any of that stuff. God is your provision. He'll take care of you exactly the way he wants to take care of you. And you will have exactly what you want to have. And you will work hard. And you will be a good example and you will live a life of integrity, the highest integrity, the highest character, the highest morals and the highest values. You'll live that life. And as you live that life, you will be blessed. And every time I promise you this, you will have more because God cares more about you than you can even imagine. You'll have more than you had before. And you don't have to go up and interrupt Jesus and say, God, God, listen, I know Jesus, I know you're ever talking. But can you tell my brother to give me half or give me give me my portion? Can I have my portion? Because Jesus will say, listen, life's not about how much you have. It's about your relationship with him. That's why Matthew 6 says this, and I'll end with this. <coughs> Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And here it is. And he will give you everything you want. No. And he will give you everything you need. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are our provision. Thank you that you are, God, everything that we need. And so, God, we do ask you to be that for us today. We ask you, God, to teach us not to be like the rich fool, but to understand that you are our provision and you are our strength. And you are our all in all. We ask you so much, God, to come now and dwell among us. Remind us to get in alignment with you and your word. Thank you so much for this parable that we don't have to worry. We don't have to stress, but that God is in full control. And we trust you now, God, in the 
strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and sing our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.